Welcome, everybody, to the Matt Pacafy podcast. I'm Adam. And I am Andrew. Welcome back. And, and uh, today, uh, the thing we thought we would bring for you guys is a consensus draft from the three spot. So uh, the three spot in uh, fantasy drafts is probably Andrew and my favorite spot. Um, and so instead of us uh, trying to individually take that spot from each other and see what our own drafts would uh, look like we wanted to work together to see what a consensus draft between the two of us from our combined favorite spot would look like. Yeah, I think this is going to be a lot of fun. I'm sure we're going to disagree uh, a little bit, and we're just going to have to see whose argument wins out in the end because we have to come to agreement before we can make a pick. Mm-hmm. So let's let's build a good team. All right, uh, sounds good. We're going to be using the sleeper draft board. And uh, to, to auto-sim the rest of the picks. And if you've never used the sleeper draft board, you should, first off. And second, they don't necessarily just auto-draft the next person by rank of ADP. They usually pick somebody within the top five best position players available. So that's who's going to be doing the rest of the drafting for us. So we will go ahead and get started at the number three pick. Uh, Christian McCaffrey was first off the board, no surprise. And then a little bit of a surprise is that Michael Thomas was the number two pick by the computer. So Hmm. we we land at number three. Adam, who's your go-to pick at number three? Well, I have a sneaking suspicion that you and I might be on the same page here with such an early pick in the draft and with who's gone off the board. Um, so I'm actually going to count down from three and then we should both say a name and we'll see if it's the same exact name. Oh, so boy. are you ready? I, right. I sure hope so. All right. Three, two, one. Saquon Barkley. Barkley. Yes. Okay. Yes. Good. Yeah. Okay. Good, 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 good. <laughs> so yeah, that's, yeah. I mean, that is a, uh, pretty, pretty obvious choice. If someone like Saquon is still available at the number three slot, um, He's usually going around one three, um, somewhere in there on average. So he, if you're if you're much later than three, don't count on Barkley being there unless you are just in a team of weirdos, I guess. Yes, exactly. I mean, uh, you could go Ezekiel Elliott there. Ezekiel Elliott and Saquon Barkley are honestly pretty comparable. I don't think there's going to be a huge uh, difference between the two of them. Um, at the end of the season. Um, but Saquon Barkley, I think he has a better chance this year of just racking up, especially receptions. Um, there's not as many mouths to feed in that offense compared to Dallas's offense. And so Saquon is the focal point and he will be getting the touches that will make him an absolute stud. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, the other person that I would consider if maybe – uh, Saquon was not available would be an Alvin Kamara who had a little bit of a down year last year. He was sliding an injury, but another guy who has the capability of putting a team on his back and carrying them to the playoffs because he's done it for a couple of years now. But mm-hmm. I think Saquon, if he's on the board is a very clear and obvious choice. You, you can't go wrong grabbing Barkley at three. No, I do not think that you will go very wrong at all. <laughs> so um, after the third pick, um, the 
players that went off the board were Derrick Henry. So this is a very honestly strange draft, you guys listening here. So uh, this is, again, we're using the Sleeper app, which is a great app, honestly, for simulating drafts because it puts in that um, uncertainty and just the craziness that you are going to see in your hometown leagues um, when you when you draft. So uh, Derrick Henry came off at the four spot, then Alvin Kamara at the five, Dalvin Cook at the six, Joe Mixon seven, Josh Jacobs eight, Kerry uh, uh, Kenyon Drake at uh, the one nine, Devontae Adams, then Ezekiel Elliott all the way at the one eleven. The one eleven got an absolute steal. Uh, uh, then the one twelve was Julio Jones, last pick in the first round, snaking around. It's Nick Chubb, Miles Sanders, Clyde Edwards, uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, Austin Eckler, Chris Godwin, Tyreek Hill, Patrick Mahomes, and Travis Kelsey is off the board. Um, so quite a few of those really good running backs are gone, not an option for us. And so we have to uh, now come around here as we come to the end of the second round and make our choice of what player we want to go after. Yeah, and this is a tough one. And this is where we're going to start getting into a little bit of disagreements just because now you're faced with an option of do you want to get a – first-year quarterback in Lamar Jackson, who is still available, because he is not going to last very long. He probably mm-hmm. won't even last coming back around to the 3.3. Do you want to get another good running back, uh, like Aaron Jones? Looks like he's still on the board and is a very you know ser- serviceable pick, and especially at the 210. Um, mm-hmm. Or do you want to grab a wide receiver, a second-tier wide receiver, like a Godwin or a Galladay or a Robinson? Um, I think for me personally, I would go with the uh, running back and maybe grab like an Aaron Jones or a Todd Gurley and then grab a receiver on the swing around. What about you? Mm-hmm. I absolutely would agree with at least this pick absolutely being a running back right here um, with Aaron Jones. Uh, he would probably be my pick at this point in the draft. And honestly, at this next pick, I would honestly also be looking to see what other running backs are available, are available there just to make sure that I have that position, which has a lot more scarcity, um, absolutely nailed down. And then I would be looking at wide receivers a little bit later, but right here, I would probably take Aaron Jones would be my pick. All right. Well, we are two for two on a green. No arguments have been had yet. So we are, we're still friends. (laughs) we're, We're off to a better start than we were anticipating. Ooh, so here we are. So we we went around the corner here. So we took Aaron Jones right after us went George Kittle, then Lamar Jackson with the last pick in the second round, starting out the uh, third round, Mike Evans, and then Leonard Fournette, and now it's back to us. And so my honestly, my philosophy uh, with who I'm seeing as available here, I would agree with Andrew um, that a wide receiver would be very good to grab possibly but Todd Gurley is also there and he will be a big part of Atlanta's offense Todd Gurley is really sticking out in my mind but the other name as I look down um, with who's available is Allen Robinson Um, he I think is set up for to have another big well to have a big year in Chicago Um, and the offense can only go up from where it was at last year and Allen Robinson finished the year very very well last year so he would be one of those, he would be another guy that I would consider. It's kind of between Allen Robinson and Todd Gurley for me personally. 
Yeah, I'm I'm in the same area. I think Todd Gurley is a great pick, especially if you're looking for someone that could you know be could legitimately be a number two running back um, that you could play in the flex slot um, or you know bump up if one of your guys gets hurt. So I really like that pick. Um, I like Allen Robinson. I also like Adam Thielen a lot. Um, mm-hmm. I think even though he's, he's going to be drawing a lot more of the number one coverage in Minnesota, he's also going to be getting a lot more targets mm-hmm. than he was. So I think he is also going to be a good pick, but I think that Gurley is probably the best choice at this spot, just so you have those points in your starting lineup every week. Mm-hmm. And then if your number one or your number two running back goes down, you have somebody immediately to save your, to save your team uh, from tanking. Um, so honestly, yes, I would, I would agree that Todd Gurley would probably be the pick. Oh, the only other one that I would honestly consider is David Johnson. who's a little bit below um, just because <laughs> Houston invested so much in him. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins is gone. Um, he could be another pick, but I would probably go with Todd Gurley here. I think Atlanta's offense is a little bit more consistent than Houston's. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. Um, so we will go with Todd Gurley at 3-3. And we'll let the computer do its thing. All right, so after we took Todd Gurley, Adam Thielen went immediately after. Ooh, he was a good pick. Um, James Conner, Kenny Galladay, Le'Veon Bell, Allen Robinson, Melvin Gordon, David Johnson, DJ Moore, Odell Beckham. Uh, he Odell Beckham rounded out the third round. Going into the fourth round, Cooper Cup, Juju Smith-Schuster, Amari Cooper, Chris Carson, Mark Andrews, Jonathan Taylor, David Montgomery, Robert Woods, and Calvin Ridley. Robert Woods and Calvin Ridley are two guys that I absolutely love this season. Um, and so I was really sad to see them both just jump out of our reach there going off the board where they went. Um, so Andrew, uh, where would you look at this point in the draft here in the fourth round? Yeah, right now we are three running backs in and we need some people who are going to pass some catches, catch some passes. (laughs) So, oh man, I need to, I need to lay off the alcohol before I do these things. Um, (laughs) So I would be looking at, uh, I think the best option right now is probably going to be AJ Brown down in Tennessee. Um, the other two that I'm kind of eyeing three, I guess would be Metcalf, uh, Hilton and shark. Um, but I could also see taking, um, maybe Zach Ertz on the swing around, but right now I think the best call would be to get a wide receiver. And I think AJ Brown is the best one that's available right now. I believe that he also is the best one available at the moment. Yeah. Um, Metcalf. I think that he's going to be good. The other, (laughs) the other crazy piece that you could do at this point in the draft. And this is again, just making sure that you have top tier running backs locked up would be to take Kareem hunt here and then not draft any running backs for the rest of the draft. Um, If something was to happen to Nick Chubb, um, Kareem Hunt would automatically be a top five running back in the league. Um, but even if Nick Chubb does not get injured, um, they're going to be featuring Kareem Hunt heavily in the passing game and in a PPR league. He would be an excellent pick, and that's the league that we're both in. Um, 
So that could potentially be a pick. But A.J. Brown, I think, starting to get a good, solid wide receiver one, guy that has wide receiver one upside, um, but is going to be a solid performer. That would be a good idea at this point. All right. So we will go with A.J. Brown. And Mark Ingram comes off, D.K. Metcalf, Kareem Hunt, Devin Singletary, and it is back to us in the fifth round. Adam, who are you, who are you looking at right now? Uh, well, I was hoping Kareem Hunt might come back to us here again. I am a Kareem Hunt believer this year, but since he's not, it looks like DJ Chark is available at the moment. So he would be one that I would be interested in. Also, the other guy would honestly be Tyler Lockett. Um, he, I think, is going to have a decent year along with Metcalf. I don't think that we can say, oh, one or the other is going to be favored a lot more with Russell Wilson. Tyler Lockett already has a good relationship with Russell Wilson, and especially in a season where they haven't had as many OTAs um, or really any <laughs> as much practice. Right. They have not had much practice. So Russell Wilson might be looking at a guy that he has formed a very good relationship with in the past and that he really does trust in the game. So Tyler Lockett honestly might be up there. And I'm trying to look at some rankings here just to kind of get an idea of where they would be at. But, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's kind of my thoughts right now. Yeah, I do like Tyler Lockett. Um, he's, he's definitely going to be a big factor in that offense playing with uh, DK Metcalf. Um, yeah, this, this is a tough pick because this is where – you're you're about to miss out on like the the top level kind of uh, tight ends if you don't grab Zach Ertz right mm-hmm. now. So if you're okay with doing that and you know maybe dropping down to a Gronkowski, a Higby, uh, Noah Fant, maybe you know that level kind of person. Mm-hmm. Um, you know there's still going to be a lot of value later on that's going to fill in nicely. But if you want your top end, this is your last chance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Man, I was going to say, honestly, I think Tyler Lockett would be my pick at this point in the draft. I think or, it on, oh, uh, him or maybe Terry McLaurin. Man, now I'm starting to see names pop off, off all over, all over the place at me. So Terry McLaurin, he's also another one that might be a consideration, <clears throat> but Tyler Lockett would probably be my, my pick at this point. Drafting a tight end like Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz is a good player. Um, I just do not know if he's going to be the stud player um, right. that we that we would want at tight end. I mean, if it was obviously if it was um, <laughs> some of the other uh, top tier top tier guys. Um, what I'm saying is uh, like uh, Kelsey or K- uh, Kittle, then I absolutely obviously take him. But no, Zach Ertz is at this point honestly just another tight end to me that has a a little bit more skill than the other guys. I don't think that he's going to be worth carrying my team at this point. And I would rather try to pick another tight end later on that has a little bit more upside and hopefully hit on one of those guys at the end. No, I, I, I agree. I was just pointing out that if you want a tight, a high end, this is your last, last shot at that. Um, True. Yeah. So looking at Chark over a locket, what are your thoughts there? Chark is going to be, more more often than not, he's going to be rated higher in most ADPs than than Tyler Lockett. But we both kind of think that Lockett's a better call. 
Yeah. Yeah. Just with kind of, I mean, this is just a gut pick again here. I would say that Lockett's a better call just with the current situation with where our country's at with uh, reps. The amount of reps is honestly what it comes down to for me um, right there uh, of that. I think that he'll perform more consistently over a season than a second year quarterback and a guy that hasn't, has only had really one good fantasy relevant season down in Jacksonville. All right. So Tyler Lockett is who we are moving forward with in the five spot. Let's move on to round six. All right. So after Tyler Lockett, T.Y. Hilton goes off the board, then Zach Ertz, Raheem Mostert, Cam Akers, uh, DJ Chark, Terry McLaurin, Kyler Murray, Cortland Sutton, DeAndre Swift rounds out the fifth round. So going into the sixth round, a really dumb pick, Damian Williams. So apparently Sleeper has not cut up or some guy in your hometown league has not figured out that Damian Williams is not available this year. He has opted out of playing the season. Um, so then goes Stefan Diggs, uh, Keenan Allen, Russell Wilson, uh, J.K. Dobbins, Darren Waller, Dak Prescott, Ronald Jones, and Drew Brees. So if you guys are paying attention yes. there, I just read off one, two, three, four quarterbacks um, in a row. And so this is what a lot of people might see as a run on quarterbacks. The important piece is to, I mean, if you're wanting – a top-tier quarterback, and there's one that has a good ADP. You can consider taking one possibly, but don't panic um, at this point and just take a quarterback because the quarterback is available. So that's my piece of advice real quick, and I'll let Andrew talk. <laughs> no, I, I completely agree. Um, <clears throat> it is interesting, these the quarterbacks that came off, Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson, Dak, and Drew Brees, but Deshaun Watson is still on the board. Um, I'm guessing that's probably a reflection of the changes in their offensive structure down in Houston, mm-hmm. but man, I just can't imagine picking like Kyler Murray over Deshaun just from a track record point of view. But anyway, mm-hmm. so that was a interesting little run of quarterbacks there. And yes, sleeper taking Damian Williams at 6.1 is hilarious. And not because it's like a bad pick, but because I see stuff like this in drafts every single year, it's like <laughs> the one dude who doesn't pay attention to anything. It's like the guy who drafted Andrew Luck last year. It's yes. This, it's that same person <laughs> who's going to make a pick like this. And it just cracks me up every single time. So you have fun with Damian Williams, Mr. Mr. 12 pick. Okay. So, we are three running backs in, two wide receivers. We have Barkley, Jones, Gurley as our running back core. We have A.J. Brown and Tyler Lockett as our starting wide receivers. Who are you looking for now, Adam? All right. So, yes, our team is set up pretty well um, at this point. So, yes, we have our starting running backs. We have our starting wide receivers. Absolutely at this point. Um, and so honestly, right now, what I'm looking at as far as players is um, who could also be, um, uh, who has a good upside, not just who's a safe pick, but who could replace one of my starters at this point, because there's a lot of talented guys here at this point, but who could potentially have a breakout 
season um, that already is going to have a good, solid, mediocre season anyway. But who could come above and be a high performer uh, for my team? Or I could also look at trying to fill some of the starting spots that aren't uh, filled currently on my thing. So um, I always get greedy. I've been burned a lot of years by waiting until the end to draft a quarterback and then having that quarterback be a dud. Sean Watson is a stud. So right now I'm looking at um, Deshaun Watson and Julian Edelman um, as some potential picks. Uh, Yes. So Julian Edelman, I think that he does get a bump with Cam Newton coming into New England. And I'm not saying that Cam Newton is going to absolutely light it up in New England, but I think that Bill Belichick will get (laughs) Julian Edelman involved to a point and they have been working out together so that is a good sign i think it's just a disciplined offense that does perform pretty consistently um but if i and this is the other way that sometimes i weigh picks in my mind midway through the season if somebody offered me julian edelman in a trade for deshaun watson would i be excited for that Mm, maybe not so honestly at this point deshaun watson is a really really good player he's probably going to be a top five at least quarterback and he would probably be my pick at this point. Uh, we're gonna about we're about to have our first argument, my friend. Oh boy! <laughs> I have nothing against Deshaun Watson. He uh, is on one of my leagues, one of my uh, on my dynasty team, and he is great. I love him to death. But I don't know if I would pick him right now. Mm-hmm. And here's here's who I'm looking at at the moment. We are looking for, I'm looking right now for a little bit of depth in my, I'm starting to wanting to round out my bench a little bit. Cause I know that I can get a good quarterback mm-hmm. that's going to put up very respectable, good numbers later on. So right now my pick would be Marquise Brown out of Baltimore. Mm-hmm. He has an electric quarterback, a good offensive scheme, and he's showed flashes of greatness last year. Now, to be fair, he was hit or miss last year. Like week one, he put up 26, almost 27 points. And then he went eight, five, two, eight. And mm-hmm. then he would go five points, 14 points, two points, 16 points, zero points, 10 points. So it was very back and forth, hit or miss but he was also a rookie. He's a year in. He has a quarterback who is also matured now with him and is comfortable throwing to him a little bit more because they've played a year together. And I want somebody who could reasonably fill in for Tyler Lockett or AJ Brown and put up decent numbers. Um, So I, I like Marquise Brown. I think Julian Edelman would also be a very solid pick to be a backup receiver I don't think he's going to blow anybody away this year but he's going to probably put up you know pretty good numbers so you look what he was averaging uh what did he average last year like 15 16 points a game roughly somewhere in that ballpark so mm-hmm. I think Edelman would be a good pick uh Marquise Brown would be who I would be targeting right now who man I'm trying to trying to think this one through so my only again my argument against marquise brown as a player while i think that he would be good 
his good weeks don't help you at all if he's on your bench because you don't know if he's going to perform. And that was that's one piece that really kind of rubs me a little wrong with Marquise Brown as a player. Um, but you know what? You've talked a little sense into me and waiting a little bit for quarterback. So I don't think that Julian Edelman will be taken within the next couple picks. I would say let's shoot for Marquise Brown. We might as well take somebody that, yes, is going to be coming uh, into a second year. Um, and we'll have another year in the offense here uh, with now a third year, Lamar Jackson. And so we'll see what they can do here. He did have a good year last year. So and, I can come to consensus on that. And, and think of this. Last year, Deshaun Watson put up about 320 fantasy points in his season. And then if you slide down to a guy like Josh Allen, who we could probably get in the eighth or maybe even ninth round, mm. Mm-hmm. He put up 280 points, 290 points last year, and he's added offensive weapons and going into his third season. So we could wait three rounds and get 20 points less for a quarterback and beef very up true. our bench right now. Yes, and averaged over an entire season, that is very good. Yes. Okay. So, well, I'm consensus. I agree with you. Okay. We will go with Marquise Brown and hope that it doesn't come back to bite us in the butt later, <laughs> which is really all of fantasy drafting when you think about it. All right. <clears throat> so right after we took Marquise Brown, Deshaun Watson went off the board, Devontae Parker, and then coming into the seventh round, AJ Green and Brandon Cooks went. Um, so, yeah, so – here we are at this point. Um, Julian Edelman is still available. Uh, Darius Geis, running back from Washington, um, who has a good chance to possibly take over as their lead back this year, um, if he can stay healthy, <laughs> well, yeah. is is available. Um, we have a couple tight ends that are interesting here, and Evan Ingram and Hayden Hurst. Yeah. Um, and then we have another wide receiver a little bit down, uh, Michael Gallup from Dallas. Um, that's available as well. Can we can we so, just take all of them? Yeah. Uh, can we just can we just take all these guys and I'll trade all my picks up just to pick the rest <laughs> of my team here in this round. We'll be good. We'll end it, and I'll just stream quarterback. Yeah, I'd, I'd absolutely do that. Where, where do I sign? <laughs> There's a lot of good players here in these middle rounds. Let's just say that. Um, but uh, for me, honestly, I think that that Julian Edelman pick is still kind of just it's it's there or ooh man <laughs> i'm like i like so many players in this round in this area here it's really really hard because i do i think that jarvis landry wouldn't be that bad of a pick as well in this point but i would say that julian edelman still for me is probably the person that i would take at this point and i would honestly wait till the end of my draft to take a tight end because the point, the amount of points that these guys are going to score weekly, let's say they score on average 13 points, 13 points is not much different than 10 points that a guy at the end of the draft is going to be scoring on a weekly basis. No, I, I completely agree with you. The only tight end in this midsection of the draft that I would even really consider would be Hayden Hurst down in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And even then, I don't think the, the upside 
is really that great. Mm-hmm. So I think Julian Edelman is a, a fine pick here. And so we will go with Edelman and move on to the bottom half of the draft. Ooh. So after Edelman, Geis goes, and then Michael Gallup. Michael Gallup was another – he's another player that is probably very com- comparable with Julian Edelman. Julian Edelman, for me, though, he's a number one wide receiver in that offense versus Michael Gallup, who's a number two. And then there's also Ezekiel Elliott. So he's a little bit more in the background. That would be the reason I went with Julian Edelman over Michael Gallup. But then after Gallup went Evan Ingram, Matt Ryan, Aaron Rodgers, James White, Jarvis Landry, Rob Gronkowski, and Marlon Mack ended the seventh round. And then going into the eighth round, Tom Brady, Josh Allen. Ooh, it's a heartbreaker. Um, Tyler Higby, Tyler Boyd, Jordan Howard, Debo Samuel, Tevin Coleman, Will Fuller, Keyshawn Vaughn. And now it is our pick. So, oof. The Allen broke, Allen broke my heart. That, that was honestly really on that stuff. The, the, com, the, uh, computer, the computer reached a little bit, and they killed me with it. They did. Oh, those jerks. But sometimes, I mean, as we – there has been a run on quarterbacks. Oh, my gosh. They went up there and snagged a guy. I mean, and, honestly snagged a guy that I think is probably going to be a top five fantasy finisher at the end of this and, year. And that being said, you and I both know people – who have drafted Josh Allen as their number one pick in a fantasy football redraft league. Yes. <laughs> so, I mean, you can't blame them for grabbing him in the eighth when some people are taking him in the first. Yes, it has happened. Truthfully has happened. That is not us making it up. And it's by people that honestly were serious about their team. So, yes, just very interesting. <laughs> did did very they win their league, though? They did not. However, they actually did not finish horrendously, which is crazy. But anyway, they finished, I think, in the top five of a 12-team league, which I I don't know how that happened. But anyway, (laughs) kudos to them. Kudos to them. So anyway, so our team at the moment right now, we have our two starting running backs, Saquon Barkley, Aaron Jones, our starting wide receivers, most likely A.J. Brown, Tyler Lockett, um, and we have Todd Gurley, Marquise Brown, and Julian Edelman as candidates for our flex spot. Um, so we have two wide receivers and a running back that we can um, sub in to our starting. Um, I would, again, probably still look at stocking up on one of those positions here. So um, honestly, the, the first two picks here, so Hayden Hurst and Deontay Johnson of Pittsburgh that are coming up on our queue those are two players that I really like this year. I'm scrolling down to see kind of who else is available at that point. I mean, there's other players like Sony Michelle, Tariq Cohen, Alexander Madison, backup Matt Brieto. We don't know what he's going to do. Hunter Henry is a new quarterback. Um, you know, Marvin I'm really Jones surprised Jr. that Hayden Hurst oh. fell this much. I, that I, is, I expected yeah. Hay- I expected Hayden to go in the late seventh, early eighth. That is true. Man. Um, let's let's take a look and see what he did on average last season. Yeah. But I don't know if what you can – what he did last season, I would compare to what I think he could do this season. Oh, I Because agree. he's I taking agree. over for – I mean, yeah, for Frost and Hooper, uh, 
comparatively, he was sharing uh, all of his targets with Mark Andrew in a very non-pass passing offense in Baltimore. So he's moving to a very pass-happy offense in in Atlanta, where there's going to be a lot of coverage taken away from him by Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones and Todd Gurley as well. So those would be interesting ones, but that, that comes down to, do we want two people on the same offense on our team? It's not always bad, but we already have Todd Gurley. So is that something right. that we want? My, my pick right now would be Deontay Johnson um, from Pittsburgh and seeing if he can kind of take over that Juju Smith Schuster role when Juju Smith Schuster was playing with Antonio Brown. Um, <laughs> Can he Smith Schuster Smith Schuster? That's the question. Yeah, I like that. Um, There again, a young receiver who now has gotten some reps, albeit not necessarily with Pittsburgh's starting quarterback this year. But still, he, uh, he had some good games last year, a lot of potential, especially now that he, uh, you know, is coming into a second year gotten more familiar with the league, running routes, um, navigating around DBs, things like that. So I think he would be a great pick, especially since we're not – at this point, we're not expecting wide receivers and running backs to start, to start games. We're just looking for serviceable people if there's an injury or a bye week. That we just need mm-hmm. someone who's going to be good that will get us you know, a decent amount of points until we can get our starters back in. So I think Johnson is also a good pick at this point. I'm looking on my computer, uh, trying to see if I can find the average air yards um, that a ball, that the ball passes from the quarterback to the receiver. Um, I'm wanting to see what, if I could find what that was for Tom Brady this last season, because I have an interesting point to make on another potential Josh Allen light quarterback that we should consider later on here in this draft, but we'll, we'll get there soon enough. <laughs> I, uh, I like advanced obscure analytics. So if you can find it, let me know. <laughs> I'll see next, next gen stats is, Oh yeah. The, the NFL's little interesting page here. Let's see if I can find it. Okay, so we we have some interesting stats we were looking up here a second ago, Um, and this is going to come into a justification that I'm going to make for a certain player who I, at this moment, I'm going to call Josh Allen Light. Um, (laughs) I'm looking at at the time to throw and then the completion air yards for Tom Brady. Um, And so he is honestly kind of middle of the pack. Um, Tom Brady did have a decent amount of time to throw, the football this last year he had more time than um kyler murley kyler murray kyler murray kyle allen carson wentz matt stafford eli manning jimmy g mitchell trubisky philip rivers joe flacco ryan fitzpatrick drew Brees, and andy dalton um so and then the other interesting piece was that um tom brady's completion air yards was around 5.5 um i believe 5.6 completion air yards so that's how far 
the bar the the ball traveled upfield usually um, when he was throwing it. So anyway, sorry, those are just some interesting stats which I will bring in later to explain a pick. So, but anyway, right now we're going to be picking in the ninth round, and my player doesn't look like he's going to be drafted yet. So we have a little bit more time. Um, to go maybe on the next round. So after our Deontay Johnson pick, Latavius Murray went, Hayden Hurst went at the end of the eighth. Um, Sony Michelle went to start off the ninth. Then somebody took the first defense off the board here in the 11th, uh, sorry, in the ninth round um, here at the second pick. So now here we are with our third pick in the ninth round. Uh, and right now, honestly, we are looking mostly for upside who has potential to take over for somebody who has potential to become a, a number one wide receiver. Can we hit on somebody in this range? Um, also, do we need to take somebody to fill in one of our starting positions that is still available, uh, which is at this point um, quarterback tight end defense and kicker. Nope. We can wait on those guys. So, we're going to wait. <laughs> well, and here's, a, here's another thing to consider. Right now we have six wide receivers. No, excuse me, five wide receivers on our team mm-hmm. and three running backs. Mm-hmm. So we may also be wanting to look for upside running back options because we have decent backup wide receivers and we're running out of bench space quickly. Yes. Um, And I would probably agree with that (laughs) assessment of what our team looks like at the moment. Um, So looking at upside running backs at the moment, um, two guys, if I look down the list of who's available, stick out a little bit. Just so Um, you guys know, right now by ADP, we're looking at Tariq Cohen, uh, Alexander Battenson, Matt Breida, and Philip Lindsay are the next four guys by ADP that are available to us at the moment. And the next one down is carry on Johnson, but he's several, several spots down the list. But there's one I would actually throw in there also as well. He's a couple spots um, below carry on Johnson is Zach Moss. Um, And the reason I throw that name in is because I think there's going to be a lot of people on the Devin Singletary bus this year. Um, but it was Devin Singletary had had a decent year last year, um, but Frank Gore got a lot of the goal line work last year. Frank Gore is no longer with Buffalo; he's moved on to Miami. Um, but Buffalo did an interesting thing, and they turned around and they spent a second round pick, which is the exact same draft stock that they spent on Devin Singletary, into a stud running back Zach Moss. Zach Moss is a lot bigger than Devin Singletary, um, and he could potentially get a lot of goal line carries that Josh Allen doesn't just steal for himself. (laughs) So he is another interesting person that does have the potential to have a large role in Buffalo's offense. Um, It'd be interesting to see how much of a pass-catching role that he would have or if Josh Allen decides to ever throw anything and just not run for it. So that's another one that is sort of in this range, but... I would probably not take him with this pick. No, I think I, Alex, uh, I like, sorry, continue. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, I, I really like that. That is like the deep dive analytics that a lot of people don't consider when they're drafting, especially in these late rounds. A lot of people kind of fill out their starters and then just hit auto draft and walk away. So mm-hmm. it's, 
it, it just goes to show you that you can still find a lot of value in these rounds if you're willing to do a little bit of legwork. Yes. Um, yeah. So you were saying Alexander Mattinson. Um, Alexander kind of, Mattinson kind of as, be, a, as a handcuff mm -hmm. for Cook. Is that what you're thinking? Yes. Yes. I mean, so there's two things kind of going against Cook at this moment. I mean, Cook hasn't declared that he's going to sit out the season for COVID-19 um, or if he's going to sit out the season to um, try to get a better contract. But there's kind of two two pieces there looming um, against him. Um, he is a he's a guy that does have a potential to get injured again, as we've seen uh, before. And so he might be a guy that has a relatively Alexander Madison has a path to becoming a number one running back for a team um, here more than what I would say Tariq Cohen Tariq Cohen was historically bad um, so as a pass bad. catching back uh, last year so I don't think that he's going to be used he's not going to become the lead rusher um, and even if um, the guy ahead of him was to get hurt I don't think Tariq Cohen's really going to become that stud for you but I think that Alexander Madison at this range does have a path to becoming a absolute stud running back. And the good thing is, is that we can stash him on our bench right now, or we could use him as trade bait later on in the season, to see what we could haul away from the team that does have Dalvin Cook, if Dalvin Cook does go down. I agree. I, I really like Madison. Um, the other guy that I would be looking at a little bit is Philip Lindsay. I know that they just brought in Melvin Gordon. Um, so that's obviously going to hurt Lindsay's uh, touches considerably, but I could see them using him as a, uh, you know, goal line kind of player. And if, if there is any issues with Gordon, Philip Lindsay has been a number one back before and put up very consistent numbers doing that. Um, mm -hmm. So I think either one of those guys would be a good pick at this spot, but I think, down the road, Madison might have a little bit higher trade value than a Philip Lindsay would. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. So we will go with Madison. And see what happens. All right. So after our pick, Marvin Jones Jr. goes off the board, then Tariq Cohen, Matt Brieta, Hunter Henry, Jared Cook, Emmanuel Sanders, C.D. Lamb, and Darius Slayton rounds uh, – Darius Slayton and then Philip Lindsay rounds out the ninth round. Uh, going into the tenth, Jerry Judy goes off the board. Carson Wentz goes off the board. Uh, he was the one I was hoping might slip for us. Um, Karrion Johnson, Chase Edmonds, Zach Moss, McCole Hardman, Tony Pollard. Tony Pollard's also a great guy <laughs> if – Alexander Madison's not off the board. Tony Pollard's another great handcuff. Uh, Christian Kirk, Henry Ruggs, and now it is our turn. So at this point in our draft, um, quite a few of the good running backs, uh, of the good, yeah, well, sorry, running backs, obviously, but most of the good quarterbacks are off the board. This would be a range to look on your board and see who's available still at quarterback and just make sure that there's some guys either later on down that you still would not mind taking or take a guy here. And this is where I'm going to bring in my next-gen stats uh, with Tom Brady discussion to try to make an argument for a guy that I could that I think could be Josh Allen light this season, a guy that has a huge chip on his shoulder and a guy 
that has been a former MVP in this league, and his name is Don't Cam Newton. Oh. Cam Newton. Cam Newton is my Josh Allen light pick. Cam Newton is not accurate down the field. He is accurate with those short passes. Uh, not really accurate. I shouldn't say. He can throw those short passes, but he <laughs> likes to run. He likes to run. And if you as a quarterback can rush and take, um, take those rushing yards in and get those rushing touchdowns along with throwing, uh, throwing touchdowns, you are going to be a fantasy stud. And who is the best coach of all time? Who do I hate more than anybody? Bill Belichick. I think that Bill Belichick will utilize Cam Newton to his fullest extent and best ability. I think that Cam Newton honestly has a tremendous amount of upside to be an amazing quarterback. I'm not saying we have to take him with this first pick because we have a pick here in about six and yeah, about six picks. Um, but he is a guy I have my eye on that I don't want to let slip away. Another one is Matt Stafford, but ugh, he's just mayonnaise from Michigan. Ugh. <laughs> Uh, Cam Newton, Superman. That guy's cool. But anyway, and I'll end my rant there. So I'll I'll let you uh, give your your insight of who's available here and who you should think we should take. <laughs> you know, in our nearly two decades of friendship, I've never hated you more than this moment. <laughs> and there's two reasons for that. All right. One is because you made the suggestion in the first place. And then two, which might be even worse, is I think that you're right. Oh, you, you want to know the third piece to this. I held Cam Newton on my dynasty team last year, and I got rid of him. I can't, I can't even remember who I got rid of him for on my team. And I would, I would do about anything to get him back on my team this year because I think he is going to have a resurgence <laughs> A good resurgence, maybe not a Lamar Jackson or Josh Allen current level, but I think that Cam Newton is going to blow some doors off this year in the New England Patriots revised system. I think there's going to be a complete new offense. I think that Cam Newton's strengths have been analyzed, and he was brought on very, very smartly by Bill Belichick. So I hate the Patriots, but... He would be my guy that I would take. So it looks like Andrew bought into the Kool-Aid and took Cam Newton. Yeah, with the 10-10. Uh, so after after him goes Matt Stafford, Baltimore Ravens, Antonio Gibson, Daryl Henderson. Uh, so who are we looking at now, Andrew? What are you thinking here at this point in the draft? I just need to go throw up, and then I can think <laughs> about the draft. I can't believe I have Cam Newton on my a fantasy team. Oh, uh, Yeah. Oh, yeah. I hate myself so much right now. Just think he'll never get sacked. It's illegal to touch Patriots quarterbacks. It's okay. He's oh. not going to get injured. So it's going to be ridiculous. So gross. Just stupid. Anyway. Okay. So <laughs> moving on to players that I can stomach. Um, let's see. We have four picks left in the draft. We're for sure going to save our kicker and defense for our 13 14 pick because. They're both stupid, and nobody likes drafting kickers or defenses. So right now, we're looking to add another bench player and a tight end. And looking at who is available, I think the best pick right now is Noah Fant. Ooh, I see. I see what you're talking about. I'm going to make you throw up in your mouth again. 
And okay, um, okay, so <laughs> this is how I'm gonna make you throw up in your mouth again. Um, last year, in three of my leagues, I did a very, very smart thing. I took the New England Patriots defense last year, and they absolutely crushed it. And I mean, they absolutely just throttled the opposition. And I had multiple games where I had over 30 points from my defense. Um, and most of my other games were giving me 20 points. And the way that most of our leagues are set up, you do have a decent scoring defense. You can get up to 20 points from your defense um, consistently if you do have a good defense. Um, right now, the Steelers' defense is sitting there at this point in the draft. And there's still a couple tight ends that I like beyond Noah Fant that I think are just as comparable. I don't think that Noah Fant, there's a any drop-off between Noah Fant and these other guys, really. Um, and I think that the Steelers' defense would actually be the pick I would take here before everybody else waits to the last two rounds and takes all the other defenses at that point. Okay, I could buy that. So you're, I mean, you're looking at Pittsburgh, who put up 180 fantasy points last year. Mm-hmm. I can, I can buy that. That's, that's a solid. Reason- 10, 11 yeah. points a game. And and then the other reason, and I think they can I think they can do better than that. I think that their offense is going to keep the other team off the field um, a little bit more. Uh, well, yeah, <laughs> they're going to keep the other team's defense on the field a little bit more. I think that there's going to be a little bit more balance to the team. I think that they're, that they're decently well coached. Um, at, at this point, it's just a defense that I can, I can relax with. I'm not trying to find somebody to stream every single week. Um, and yeah, like Noah Fant, he's cool, but we'll see who else is there at that point. There's another guy that I really like at the end, and I think that you and I have a couple names on our same list. So, oh yeah, I don't think Noah Fant is the end all be all of of tight ends at this level. So yeah. I'm I'm fine with grabbing Pittsburgh here. Perfect. All right, so Jamison Crowder's gone off the board. The Bills defense, Daniel Jones, Jalen Rager. Jalen Rager is a pretty good pick too. He would he would have been another guy if we didn't have as many wide receivers as we already had in our team. Uh, Jalen Rager, he has the potential to become a big part of Philadelphia's offense. But anyway, Boston Scott, uh, Justin Jefferson, Noah Fant finally goes at the tenth pick in the eleventh round. Anthony Miller. Damien Harris rounds out the 11th round and then they go into the 12th, the New England Patriots defense, the Chicago Bears defense, Sammy Watkins, TJ Hawkinson, Sterling Shepard, Ben Roethlisberger, Deshaun Jackson, Justin Jackson, and the Los Angeles Chargers defense goes and that comes and gives us our pick here. So who are you thinking? Oof, I have to look at our list. Well, who is available right now? So we're looking at Duke Johnson, uh, Austin Hooper, Brandon Ayuk. Uh, who's this guy? AJ Dillon, <laughs> running back from for for Green Bay, who's a rookie. Uh, Nikhil Harry, uh, Naeem Hines, um, Preston Williams, John Brown, um, Justin Tucker. Doof. Mike Gusecki, Jonu Smith. Um, Honestly, a player that I would be interested in, I mean, these guys, as they're listed here in this list, it's not like a true ADP. It's not a true, well, clearly Duke Johnson is far better than Austin Hooper. These guys are just kind of lumped into a category together of 
they'll give you a similar amount of points over a fantasy season for their, right. their for their position, or they have the potential to. Um, honestly, uh, at this point, I would probably try to take at least a tight end. Um, to <laughs> man, I think Johnny, huh? I think if we're going tight end right now, I would probably be looking at like a Mike Gusecki or a sneaky pick that I'm not uh, super thrilled about, but has a little bit of upside might be a Blake Jarwin Jarwin. Yes. I, I was looking all the way down and it, and you might feel like you're getting a bad deal by taking a guy like that here, but it's not about a deal. If you think he's a good player and we both do um, Blake Jarwin is the tight end in that Dallas offense. And that Dallas offense is good. And if you don't have a piece of it, you want one. I honestly would take Blake Jarwin here at this point in the draft. Yeah, I agree. I like Jarwin. He's finally out of Witten's shadow and kind of gets to stand on his own. And when he did that last year, he put up good numbers in the games where he mm-hmm. was allowed to and, and when he was allowed to be the tight end. Um, and you know, by good numbers, I mean like tight end good numbers, like you know, 10, mm-hmm. 11, 10 11 points. Uh, I mean, maybe up to twelve in a couple of games, but um, yeah, he's going to be that guy who is going to be putting up at least 10 points, I think each game. So Mm -hmm. I think he's a great pick right now. Solid. Yes. I would take him. All right. So we are coming around to our last two picks of the draft. And uh, Duke Johnson got took, Austin Hooper, Justin Tucker, and Harrison Butker. The last two picks, obviously, kickers from Baltimore and KC. And I think those are the first kickers taken this this uh, draft. Yeah. And I mean, if Justin Tucker is not the first kicker taken, that guy was an idiot. Either that or that guy's his relative or something. I don't know. There's no other reason. <laughs> if you're if you're the first guy taking a kicker, you better be taking Justin Tucker. But you should you should be waiting to this range to go take him. Um, I would probably at this point just take a kicker. To, well, I don't even know. Let's see who's available. If there's a, a kicker that stands out, we could take them. If not, we could look at just the other players available and take one that we like. Honestly, one that I like looking at just players. Um, man, the only person who really Might be I mean, Naeem Hines huh? or John Brown, one of those two, or Mike, or even taking Mike Gasecki off the board. You might as well. Yeah, I mean, it, it all depends on what you want to do. Do you want to grab your kicker now and grab like a Will Lutz, uh, Zerline kind of caliber kicker who's maybe going to give you mm-hmm. an extra field goal here or there? Mm-hmm. Or do you want to grab somebody to shore up your bench? So mm-hmm. <clears throat> I don't know. What do you think? I would say let's grab whatever player we think has the best chance at this point in the draft to become a stud starter sometime in the season, oh, um, become a, a number one of some, if whoever has the, the easiest path to becoming a potential starter on our team week in and week out, that's who I take. And the more I'm looking down, that person might actually be 
Um, Michael Pittman Jr., wide receiver. Interesting choice. So I'm going to ask you a question just to get your thoughts on doing something like this at this point in the draft where Mm -hmm. your your bench is nearly full. full. You have, you know, a good – good running back core, good receivers. You have your defense. You know you're going to grab a decent kicker in the last round. What mm-hmm. are your thoughts on grabbing a guy like Joe Burrow, who has a couple offensive weapons there in Cincinnati, mm-hmm. and you know he's going to be starting. He's going to be putting up not, you know, Lamar Jackson numbers, but maybe Cam Newton-ish numbers or Gardner Minshew kind of numbers from last year and mm-hmm. avoiding streaming or would you rather take the risk and stream him later on if you need to that's true the other piece um that we might also want to consider are one of our our running back um is aaron jones do we want to take aj Dillon, the other running back from green bay um as a handcuff as he's sitting here at this point that yeah that is a good thought as well personally well, i don't I'm kind of a fan of just streaming your your number two quarterback if you need to, because mm-hmm. um, by then, like in our case, Cam Newton has his bye week in in week six. So assuming he doesn't like see a shadow and trip over something and hurt himself, <laughs> we'll yep. have six weeks to figure out who we can drop on our bench. To you know maybe maybe Alexander Mattison has done absolutely nothing. So we can drop him for a week to pick up Cam Newton and then pick up Alexander the week after. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't necessarily think you need to take a Joe Burrow now. You could if you really wanted to, if you think that he's just going to turn into an all-star. Um, but, I mean, at the same time, I mean, Joe Burrow, I do honestly – I mean, if I was going to wait to the end of a draft to take a quarterback, it would be Joe Burrow. We did have question marks about – I mean, we don't know, honestly – a hundred percent what Cam Newton is going to do. We could take Joe Burrow just to have that little bit of insurance. If we're, if we're a little bit questionable. I don't, I don't know if there's really going to be a consensus on this one. Cause true. Yeah. This is kind of a toss up. It's, it's a, yeah, I it's could a, go eight different players at this point. I don't care. Right. It's a crapshoot. So I think we'll go with what you had mentioned and grab AJ Dillon. Um, just because he does have the handcuff upside mm-hmm. if something happens. And he's also a player that isn't going to break your heart if you have to drop him to pick somebody else up later. Exactly. So. And there's not anybody in here that really obviously sticks out really to any that should stick out to you as, oh, yeah, uh, if I only had taken him, obviously, I don't know how it was so obvious that I didn't take that person. So uh, one thing I do want to point out um, when I was saying we should take the Pittsburgh Steelers earlier in the draft, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense was also available at this point. They probably will have a similar score. We could have waited till this point to take them. Um, And so I might've pulled the trigger earlier to convince you to pull the trigger early on a Pittsburgh Steelers defense. However, I think the Pittsburgh Steelers defense is going to be a, they'll be a consistent part of our team. They're not going to be a detriment or a defense that ends up scoring us negative points because they let so much go by. So, so now we have come to the last pick of the draft, which unfortunately means we have to draft a kicker guys. Let's just, let's just be real for a minute. If you have a fantasy league, please, please just get rid of kickers and add an extra flex person to your starting lineup. 
I hate kickers <laughs> with a passion. You're very rarely going to get more than 10 points out of them, which means that a tight end or an extra flex player is much more exciting on a week to week basis. Unfortunately, nobody that I'm in a fantasy league with agrees with me. So I'm stuck with <laughs> kickers in every single freaking league that I am in. And I hate it with a burning passion. But Suck here, it up, sir. Get used but, to the kickers. But here we oh are. Oh my gosh. Here we are. Oh man. Yeah. Fake a kicker random, but just, just close your eyes and randomly click draft on one of the kickers. So who we're looking at is Dan Bailey, Brandon McManus, Matt Gay, uh, Chris Boswell, Austin Seibert, uh, Jason Myers, Matt Crosby, Marvin Bat was it Marvin Bag Bagley Badgley? Michael Badgley. Michael, yeah, Michael. Man. Yeah, those guys. Yeah. Uh, Potato, tomato, all these guys. <laughs> There's not going to be one guy that, again, oh, he's going to make or break your fantasy team. It's just more of who has a good offense here, who's going to at least score some points. I would probably choose either Chris Boswell or Matt Gay, honestly, or Jacoby Myers. Yeah, or Jason Myers. Dang, damn it. Jason Myers from Seattle. Yeah, I think um, it, and, and this is why kickers are so dumb and why I hate them. Looking at their projected points, Dan Bailey – 116. Brandon McManus, 116. Matt Gay, 115. Boswell, 114. Siebert, 114. Myers, 112. Over the course of a season, we're talking about like decimal An extra point <laughs> of a difference per game that these guys are going to make on your team. So just do me a solid and get rid of them if you're the commissioner. Or beg your commissioner no. until he gets rid of them. Absolutely not. <laughs> I'm kicking you out of my league. The the worst part is when you get like your your team, you're so close. You know, you and another team are absolutely just neck and neck, and then your kicker happens to be kicking on Sunday night, and you're winning by like one point, and they miss a kick, and then you end up losing because your kicker missed a kick on your fan. I just just like that little, ugh, that that suckiness of it because I've won against people because of that exact situation. So. That, it's the that worst. I will always keep kickers. Nobody likes kickers. Game. You're oh. wrong, and you just need to get over it. Tell that to Pat's face. Anyway. I, I'll tell that to anybody's face. <laughs> All righty. So, who did – I didn't even see who you picked. Oh, Chris Boswell. I think that's a good pick. That's a really good pick. It makes no difference at this point. It's whatever. Well, I mean, you didn't you didn't pick Adam Vinatieri now, did you? Oh, that's a name I recognize. I should have. That would have been fine. <laughs> No, no, I don't even know if he's an option. But anyway, so how did our team lined out? Well, starting at quarterback, we have Cam Newton, who we got in this 10th round, which I think is a pretty good value overall, as much as that tastes like poison to say. Um, our starting running backs are Saquon Barkley and Aaron Jones, our first and second round pick, who I think – are going to be work, absolute workhorses for our team. Um, they're going to they're gonna be great. Starting wide receivers are A.J. Brown and Tyler Lockett. Right now, Todd Gurley is sitting in the flex, although that can obviously be switched around. Blake Jarwin is the starting tight end. Chris Boswell is our kicker. Uh, Pittsburgh is holding down the defensive fork. And our bench is Marquise Brown, Julian Edelman, Deontay Johnson, Alexander Madison, and A.J. Dillon. 
not too shabby. Yeah, I have to agree. I think that that team is an absolute contender, obviously. (laughs) Um, I mean, yeah, obviously you have to sit through an entire season and see what happens, but we pick people that are either the focal point of their offense if they're on what we would call a worse offense, a middle-of-the-road off. We didn't pick anybody that was honestly off of a bad offense um, for our players. I mean, the people that we – the one that you can make an argument for being on a bad offense is Saquon Barkley, but he is the offense, so he will score you points. Um, But Green Bay, Tennessee, Seattle, Dallas, Atlanta, Pittsburgh, um, Baltimore, New England – they're all going to be in the top half of offenses. So the people that we took are going to be very good. We took appropriate handcuffs. Our Alexander Madison pick, he really does have a lot of – he will become – yeah, the people that we have on our bench um, have the potential to jump up into that top 15 range um, or top five range, depending on who they are, if the right things happen. Absolutely. So Alexander yeah. Madison, if Cook goes down, he becomes a top 10 running back automatically so we're set to weather a season obviously we'll have to watch the waiver wires the season goes on but i love the third spot because i like getting that safety blanket of i know that i have a saquon barkley i know that i have an ezekiel elliott i know that i have that top tier guy at the very beginning that i can absolutely rely upon yeah i i agree i think that this team um you know, obviously, you have to manage the 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 waiver wire. You have to be vigilant throughout all of this and keep things up to date. Make sure that you're setting a good lineup based on uh, you know matchups and all of that good stuff that you should be doing. You don't want to be the guy in your league who just never you don't want to be the taco of your league and just never look at your, your team or, you know, manage your lineup and just roll with your, the same starters every week. So don't don't be that guy. guy. Do not be that guy. And with this team, we should be able to make a pretty decent run into the playoffs. Hopefully Um, I'm actually typing our team into a, a, a team analyzer right now that should give us a little bit more insight to this, but end of the day, this team is going to be pretty good. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. I absolutely agree. And I mean, honestly, even if this was, you drafted a dynasty team composing of these people too, this team would actually probably be good next year (laughs) as well. Yeah, no, I agree. This is a very good team. And I think that Andrew and my strategy, I mean, I think that honestly what we look at, we understand that running backs are a little bit more valuable. That's why we took them earlier in the draft. There's a lot more wide receivers available to take. Um, And so that's why we waited a little bit. And then obviously we explained kind of going through the tight end was um, something that there's not a huge amount of difference between um, the people at that position. So that's why we waited to virtually the end to take Blake Jarwin who's still going to score 10 points, which is probably the same that Hayden Hurst, who we could have taken in the eighth round, um, is going to score consistently as well. But those the running backs, uh, taking them early, 
Um, that's extremely important. And then making sure you fill up your, your roster with good wide receivers later on to switch out if one of them becomes a much bigger stud than you expected. So Deontay Johnson, I'm looking at you. Become a stud. Come on. Please, please. Yeah, oh. so so this, this report is um, showing that we should average roughly 160 to 170 points per game. Oh, good Lord. Each week with a couple weeks hitting the 180. Um, so with a good uh, management throughout the season, the uh, football guys think that we should have about a 70%, 70 to 75% chance of making the playoffs if we are diligent on the waivers and setting mm-hmm. lineups. Pretty good. Obviously, it points out some weaknesses like <clears throat> wide receiver, they say, isn't the greatest, which is kind of to be expected when you don't take a wide receiver until the fourth round. Yeah, And, but, and you have Julian Edelman mm-hmm. as your, your backup. Yeah. But <laughs> – we just want good, solid receivers. We're not looking for guys who are going to light it up with this draft strategy that we took. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, if let's say Tyler Lockett was to go down in week one, we could put Marquise Brown or Julian Edelman in for him. I mean, and hope that one of them takes off and we can watch our bench and hope that Deontay Johnson, Smith Schuster, Smith Schuster. So right. <laughs> there's, we have the ability for our people that we took later on to return value for us and hopefully hit on somebody that becomes a stud this season or separates themselves from the cream. We're not drafting to be safe later on in the draft. We're drafting for people that who, who can they become? Could they become that guy? And obviously they're still going to have a decent floor, but could they become that number one guy that scores us at least, you know, more than 15 points at their position per game? Yep, absolutely. Well, we uh, hope you guys enjoyed this draft from the three spot and hearing us debate different picks on who would we take when and why. Um, Unless you have something else, Adam, I think that is it for this week. Uh, I think that is it for this week. I think this next week, Andrew had a great idea for a rookie draft um, podcast, and that is what we're going to be going over this next week uh, for those of you guys that are in Dynasty Leagues. Um, we're in a dynasty league and so it'll be interesting to look at doing that this will be my first uh, rookie draft so i will have to do some research and figure out who i do like for that draft next week yeah and just to give you a little bit of heads up every rookie draft is a little bit different on how many supplemental rounds um your your league has i think we're going to probably roll with six because that's the amount that is in our league but It'll be interesting because neither one of us have done a rookie draft before. So this is going to be a crapshoot. Yeah, it really will be. (laughs) Well, thank you guys so much for listening. And uh, we hope that you guys glean something from this and can at least maybe make fun of us or something. If you have uh, something that you would have done differently at some of the points in our draft, I know it's kind of hard to probably keep track of exactly what is going on. So you can't critique us too hard, but um, yeah, leave a comment or uh, give us a rating. So thank you so much. We will see you all next week. Bye.